So, the part two of my wonderful conversation with the lovely Mo Real. If you haven't, part one, what the fuck are you doing? Put down, listen to that shit, and then come back up here and listen to part two. Here we go. Good. I was speaking to Carl and he was saying to me, I should be careful because when he looked, he brought out his phone and he's like, all these comedians, not one of them are my friends. My phone's full up with all these people that ain't my fucking friends. Yeah? <laughs> like, Look at my pictures, all these comedians, not my fucking friends. Because you'll, you'll end up making superficial relationships that have no depth. Yeah. And um, he was saying to me to make sure that I try and connect with people with a bit more yeah. depth and that even if I don't, I shouldn't blame myself because comedians can be a bit Flaky, shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that I've got, on the circuit at the moment, I've got about, I've got a tight group, I've got a tight group of people who I know that I can speak to about pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say who's in that group, but like, you know, I've got, I've got that and that's important. But, yeah, it doesn't mean they shut everyone else out though. It's like that is nice. I've, yeah. I've never been able to uh, rely on people. Really. Okay. I've never put it on myself to say uh, I need someone. I've got someone. Someone. Never yeah. that. It's not like it's not like we can. It's not like I mean rely, 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 rely. You, know, you mean connecting? I'm yeah. A friend, a bit of yeah. People. I don't have that. Sarah's really? great. Sarah's amazing. Yeah. She's good support. Um, but to be honest, aside from someone like Sarah, I don't. I see comedians as young, we're like kids. Yeah. An adult body. That's it. Um, some of us never got enough attention. Yeah. So we come out here to do comedy. Some got too much, some got whatever. Everyone's got their reasons why. But seldom do I connect with other comedians and they've really got my back. Usually it's because they think. I'm coming into something, and they're like, yeah, you're yeah. Really and they want to be your friends because oh, they yeah. think you're, yeah. you're connected or they think you've got something you can have. I've never had a comedic friend who just wanted to be my friend. Yeah. Do you know, I've had a couple of times, right, when they've realised I do, when I, that I do the podcast, I've had a couple of people like say like around me, around me saying, oh, do you know what? It's so hard to get on podcasts these days. It's so hard to get a podcast. You can start your own, innit? Yeah, you can do, yeah. You can do. Yeah. Uh, 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 people say I should do one. I know I talk a lot, but I don't listen to other people's podcasts, so I don't know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, when you're not actively doing it, you yeah. don't know how popular or how engaging it might be. Okay. And even when I do a podcast, I don't want to hear myself. You want to have someone else on? Yeah. yeah. I, I like interviewing people. Yeah. I do have a lot to say, but I'm saying after I've recorded it, I'm not the person that's going to keep listening to my own. No, I mean, that's completely understandable. I think mm. a lot of people who do podcasts are the exact same, are the exact same once, it's, once it's edited and all that stuff. It's that and you yeah. put it out. That's it, onto the, onto the next one. Mm. Unless it's like, a, unless there's something that you feel like you can learn from that situation, from that conversation, then go back, then definitely go back to it. But yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. I was doing a radio podcast Oh, nice. Year. Oh, who, who did you do it with? I was doing it with Urban Jazz okay. Radio. Basically, I was recording myself and then, you know, yeah. podcast yeah. over guest works. Yeah. 
So I was doing that, and because I could talk forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that about, like? What I would do is like, like for example, this week we've had Megan and Harry. Oh yeah. We've had Wiley and Stormzy. Oh, okay. What's your take on that? So oh. <laughs> here we well, go. It's interesting because I understand Wiley was there at the beginning of the grime music yeah. or whatever. But right now, Stormzy is is doing his thing. And yeah, I think he is. Everybody has their time. Everybody has their moment. And so. I admire Wiley for um, clashing with him. Yeah. Because that's what he's supposed to do when you're He's supposed to clash with people, yeah. beat them, that's and it. metaphorically take them down. Yeah. And um, so I admire that, but nevertheless, dragging people's mums into yeah. it, dragging weaves and wigs into it. <laughs> that was just, a bit much. That was um, just rude. I, I, I thought that was bar was hard, but it was just unnecessarily rude. But it was a hard bar, you can't no, deny. He, gave, he more or less gave Stormzy material because yeah. then Stormzy was drinking tea, spilling yeah. tea on his mum yeah. and all of his family. We didn't know his mum had to go away because no. he was being a, all the stuff we didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So I enjoyed the beef. I love I love a little bit of beef. I love a, a, a roasteration. Yeah. Um, I think it showed each person's skills in terms of clashing. However, um, Wiley has highlighted Stormzy to be a, a better uh, Lyricist, and yeah, that's it. But I think whilst Wally's out there, because he's 40 something, now, yeah, he's like, yeah. But while you're there, we're like, oh, yeah, it's quite out of tune, quickly, quite out of yeah, tune. That's it, yeah. So we can get off the, the beef and start to enjoy your music, yeah. But if you keep beefing, but how much do you reckon of this has been planned? Because this has happened very like, suspiciously, very close to Stormzy's album release, and I, we know that Wiley's got an album coming out next year. This is what I like about men. Men can be very calculated. I know, yeah. I know guys who will do this. Like, say like, say like I'm a girl, which yeah. I am, I'm yeah. sitting here. Yeah. But your brethren is coming by. Yeah. And But you like me. Your, my, your friend will go, oh, yo, we sent you. He'll gas yeah. you up. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Make you sound amazing to the point where the girl will be like, oh, okay, so who okay. has it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know you were that amazing. <laughs> Boys do that for each other. Yeah. They wingman each other. So to me, they would have sat down and said, "Well, let's do it like this." Yeah. Well, I'm gonna cast your whole family. Like, yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, Sometimes bit, people play fight and uh, it gets real. But you know, it's like roast battle, isn't it? It's like how um, how they do well when they when you want to roast when you want to do um, you know the angel comedy the angel comedy one. Mm. Yeah. When you want to do roast. Yeah, the not yeah the comedian yeah the roast mm. battle. Mm. What they'll often do is they'll have two comedians who are friends and then they'll sit down and, and write, talk, together. They write together. Yeah. I did Wahala, which is a comedy roast. Yeah. And um, I had to battle somebody and I even called them and said, Hey, let's sit down, let's do it. They didn't want to do that. They wanted it for real. Really? So all of the Wahalas I've done, I've never sat down with someone and said, I'll say this, then you say that, and then I'm going to act like I'm really hurt, and yeah. then you're going to say that. And then, oh. No, they've all been, you sit down, you look at the person, you go around, I'm going to finish you, look at you, look at your hair. <laughs> and it, 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 it makes you more nervous yeah. when you're doing the show, because they're going to come out of stuff, you're, gonna, you're not even allowed to listen to what they say, otherwise you can throw yourself off. Really? You've got to just stay focused on what? You came to say, you should even be like, when they said something, you got out like, no, I didn't even hear what you just said. Mm. Chatting rubbish. And then come with yours. So. Was it another girl that you was roasting? I did Kelly Loudmouth. Okay. Which was hard because she's West Indian and she said that she brought up 
kasen. Good morning. So she was brought up with it. And I said, this strange because I'm African. We're mm. brought up, come home from school, say, good afternoon, mum. Yeah. Like, find something to do, innit? Yeah. They tell me you find something to do. Like, you're going to sweep the stairs and go sit down somewhere. It's different. You're, you're more passive. Mm. Um, whereas in a West Indian house, you're, you're, you're going to get cast. You're going to learn how to cast. Yeah. Even in an African house, if you get you learn to cast, it's going to be in a different language, which won't transcend when you say it in English. No. Yeah. Oh, so, so yeah. yeah, you find it. Different. I learned. I, I took myself back to the playground. Yeah. The school, and I, I took myself to an ignorant place where you can say mean things that don't always make sense. That's how, what's going to be funny for the audience. How did that feel going back to that place? Um. It felt like I learned to build an edge because when you're too soft and you're too nothing, yeah, yeah. and people take the piss with you, so you learn to have an edge so that even though you look soft, some people are going to realise you can cuss yeah. and you will bring it if, if it's warranted, mm. if you're getting paid. That's it. Like I used to do a show and I'd say, um, I think it's really bad the way some shows have us cussing each other as brothers and sisters, like it's what Hala and it's Africa against Jamaica. <laughs> like, look at us cussing each other. But they were paying me, so I'm there, yeah. man. I'm yeah. doing it. You That's know? it. It does come down to money. So, how long did it take for you to go from the open mic circuit to paid work? Um, I still do open mic. Good. And I get paid work. Paid work too. I don't. I didn't see. I didn't see a transition. I've just always tried to do both. Ah, oh, that's good. Um, when I first started doing comedy, Kojo put me on his show. I wasn't right. paid. I didn't get paid, but I got a bit of exposure. Yeah. And then um, after that, I was going to DD's in Hernhill. Yeah. Someone's comedy show, and through that, White Yardie saw me. Yeah. Uh, Dizzle, the comedian, saw Dizzle, me. Yeah. It's very oh, urban. You know, you know, I remember, I just remember like Dizzle from the Snapchat days. Like, he was my favorite person to watch really? on Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You should know that. You should know a lot of people actually enjoyed watching his snaps. Yeah, that was, that was the, I didn't know he was a comic. I knew that he was, um, he was a social media uh, A social media person. So I know he had the show with, um, he, had a, he did a radio thing with Nina Greywood. Flames. Flames with, and uh, Nina Greywood did some stuff on, on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember that, and I just remember him funny on Snapchat. Mm, 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 mm. He's busy not on Snapchat so much anymore. I'm not on Snapchat anymore, so. <laughs> What's too busy for him now? No, it's no, not a bad thing. No, like, to be, uh, that's the, I want to. I need to go see more on the urban circuit because. Today we could go to Hideaway. I Are can't go to. Uh, yeah, man, I got work tomorrow, man. I gotta go do. I gotta go get. Oh, that's yeah. I gotta go get ready for work tomorrow. You're gonna so. get your hair flat. Nice. No, no I, gotta, I gotta go wash my hair. Okay. Yes, that's it. Okay. So like, yeah. Otherwise, so where? So where is the? Like, um, it's hard away. Streatham. There's Streatham. Yes. It's a pound. Really. Today. Nice. Like okay. And you're doing the Valentine's Day spe- uh, Valentine's Day special, aren't you? Yeah. What's that? Like? The Valentine's Day special. Um, and I'm doing a show with Boombi at the Hilton. Nice. Um. I'm honest with you, yeah. Sometimes I just see a poster on Instagram <laughs> and then it's got my picture on it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to show and then I print screen it and put it on mine. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be here at this day and I wouldn't have organised anything behind it. Okay. 
which means when I get there, I'm not, I won't be saying that where's my money, because... No. But now, I've got someone like Sarah on my team. Yeah. When they do that, I'm like, Sarah, you seen that? Yeah. Like Sarah called up and go, yeah, so you've got me on your show. Is it? So I'm glad to have someone like her on my team. Sometimes mm. the promoters are not nice people. No, that's kind of what... Um, yeah, they can be in the entertainment industry in general. Yeah. There are people who are out to make a buck, and unfortunately, you're the buck they're trying to make. They're make trying to make out. the buck out of you. Yeah. I've, there are a couple of promoters who I have sort of distanced myself from their night mm. because I can see that they're making a buck and. They're not paying the comic. They're not paying the comics, and it's just like okay. Doesn't right. that happen a lot on the mainstream side of things? Because you know, in urban, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, um, <laughs> I might not pay you a lot. They yeah. might not pay you loads and loads. Yeah. But they're respecting your time. Like, yeah. You'll get even if it's you just died and you get thirty. And yeah. Then, it's not so much the mainstream stuff. Well, because I'm not. I don't consider what the circuit I'm on, I don't consider, because I'm on open mic, I don't really consider that the mainstream circuit really at the moment. But there are a couple of nights where it's essentially open mic nights, but they're still charging audiences to come in. And I'm just like, no, that's not okay. Uh, I've been to Cabin, you've been to Cavendish? Of course I've been to Cavendish, yeah. Um, uh, everyone put money in the bucket. Yeah. That's- you can't leave. You put money in the bucket, but once you put your yeah, of course. Yeah, get you some food. You're like, of course. Where's your money? I can pay a bill. Yeah. I can pay a bill. Or even your travel to get to where you came. Yeah. Just a little bit. Like. Sometimes come all the way to the Midlands. Yeah, same. And they ain't paying me Of course not. But the way I'm sitting, well, the, I'm not at the moment expecting to get paid because I'm only right at moment, I'm only going into year two right now. Okay. So I'm not at a level where I'm thinking, okay, I need someone pay me right now. I'm at the I'm at a point in the moment where I'm thinking, all right. I know I'm going to spend a lot of money. Let me get my name out there across the country. So I know I'm going to go and do open mic nights on like Norwich or wherever else, mm. but I'm not going to get paid. But I'm putting my name out there to nights where I think that maybe there could be some progression. Mm. I think as well, I didn't know you were spending up for two years. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done Edinburgh. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Thank not you. bad. That's Thank pretty you. good. Because Edinburgh is on my Juba Carver list and I still. I think I keep pushing it away to look forward to it, instead of just doing it. Yeah. Done it now. It's not even as big a deal as I thought it would be. It's in front of me and I'm like, oh, this space. I'd love to travel and do um, I'd, I'd say, it. like, go to Edinburgh and just do a couple of spots for like a week or something like that mm. and experience it mm. and then see what you feel like the next that year. That is mainstream. I do, I do absolutely is, fine on mainstream. Yeah. I love the mainstream. It hurts me that I don't get paid to do mainstream. Yeah. I, if I'm honest, I don't really have bad sets. No. The mainstream, the, the urban crowds, 
can't get them drunk and make them laugh. It's not like that. <laughs> no. That funny. Yeah, that's it. Because they will still look at you like this. They if you drunk, they still look at you like the 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 black crowd laugh from their soul. Yeah, that's it. Um, the the mainstream crowds are up for a good time. That's it. They've been drinking before you turned up. That's it. Time. They were already oh, having a good time. Oh yeah, that's it. It's a mo- it's a Monday evening. They're already on it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And that's what makes their audience more juicy and um, really enjoyable to perform to because they are usually up for it. That audience have to warm them up. Yes. If they haven't eaten, you're gonna have to tough. Oh no, 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 no. Don't no. entertain a black audience they ain't eaten. Exactly. Or a Jewish audience or anything. Yeah. Or anybody. They're yeah. just gonna get pissed off as That's the night goes on and they grow more hunger. That's it. So where are the where are the good urban rooms at? Um, like I said, Hideaway's an easy place to um, go to, sit down, take it in, so you can figure out yeah. what your material would be if it was the because it's a very dressy up audience. No, very. Hi, Yeah, that kind yeah. of audience. Um, what other black? Well, um, then there's shows. There's actual shows that people put like on. Dizzle puts on and White Yardy puts on and those. They're kind very of. West Indian uh, based or something. I don't know yeah. how to say it, but they capture a lot of Yardy type yeah. people. Yeah. I like a real mixed audience. Yeah. I like my Asians in there, I want to see all the Filipinos, I want to see everyone. When I do my show, when I'm just doing stitches, because this is the other thing, when you do a show, your show will, it kind of reflects, reflects you, in it. reflects you. It's true. Yeah. So when I did my show, there was like black people, mixed race people, Indian people, Jewish looking people, all men, not enough men were there. Yeah. So I call my female friends and say, look, you guys, too much man, I can't take it, I've got to come down. And, but I always attracted loads of different types of people. I don't just attract just only black people, which is a plus for me. Yeah. I want everyone to pay a ticket to come and see me. I don't want you to feel like you have to be from the same background as me to mm. relate to me. That's right. That should be the main point of comedy, bringing yeah. different types of people together. For the purpose of making people laugh. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they had in their 80s. They would tackle um, race issues head on. Mm. They would tackle all types of issues. Um, head on. The only thing that wasn't being tackled head on was homosexuality, which yeah. wasn't openly accepted back then. No. Yeah. But all the other stuff they was trying to bring it to the forefront, let us laugh about it. But while you're laughing you're gonna have a little discussion, yeah. especially if you're at home. That's right. So Desmond's what Desmond's. a fucking show man. What an absolute iconic show. Desmond's is the show the UK would be lucky if they could remake something like that. I don't think they could. Well, I don't think they should. They, they, they might could, have to leave it alone, just do play it again. If they, I mean, they could do like the same sort of thing, like set it in a black barbershop, but they can't. They can't call it Desmond's. No, they can't. Because no one can replace what's his name. Um, what's his name? He passed away. They might have to call it just the barbershop or something like that. The barbershop. Yes. But I think Desmond's works because of the different verticals that the the material was coming from. Mm. Um, you had Matthew and Port Pie. Yeah. They were doing a clash. They were doing yeah. Africa against Jamaica clash. The whole time you watched Desmond's and saw those two talking, their dialogue was, was about who's better than who. Yeah. Which captured the time. But it came from a place of love. Uh, uh, yeah, it, the material probably came from a place of love, but the fact that those two were always at it yeah. captured what was happening 
outside. Yeah. Like you go to school and the Jamaican kid might be on you because you're African. Yeah. And you'd both be going back and forth. You know, back then you would have even felt ashamed to be African. So when you yeah. have someone like Matthew and Desmond talking about, I'm studying, which is what all the Africans do, studying yeah. to yeah. their 100. They yeah. just keep studying. Yeah. Um, it highlights who we are, kind of put us on the map a little bit. Um, you put an, a West Indian person, you put an African person in the West Indian person's vicinity. Yeah. Um, it, it, it meant that we were kind of one, or we're learning to be one, or we understand that we're connected. Whereas if you was on the outside, if you went out of Desmond's, you'd see that the black people over here, the West Indians over here, the Africans were over there. That's it. So they were trying to build bridges. And then you looked at um, different types of West Indian people coming through. You had Aunt Sue, so you had different characters yeah. just passing through. Yeah. Um, they visited subjects like, um, I think Desmond's has a son. And the son plays with a boy called Spider. Yeah. Spider's the bad boy, but Desmond's son is a reasonable kid that everybody's yeah. family can relate to. Yeah. You've got a, 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 your, your son, he's got peer pressure around him. He might want to act like a bad boy to fit in with the vibe, because back then, being a rude boy, it was the whole word. So Desmond's looking at lots of different relationships from all different angles. You put Desmond and his relationship with his wife. Yeah. Yeah, and them two going back and forth. Uh, Desmond's daughter. Can't remember her name. Me I remember everything she was wearing. Can't remember her name, but I remember she had a white friend. Yeah. So then you look to her relationship with her white friend. Everything in Desmond's on some deeper level made sense. Yeah. The black and the white, the young and the old. Yeah, the African, the West Indian. They're too much material. That show could have yeah. gone on for the longest. Yeah. So for me, what I liked about it was that it tackled so many of these issues like mm. race and stuff mm. however at the end of the day everyone sort of got along and that kind of truck well i think that that is what that's the kind of show we're kind of missing to we're kind of missing today the tolerance in that show is pretty high yeah um there was a white boy barber yeah in the shop. there's always one uh, if you go to a barbershop right now, you're not going to see all of that. Really? If you're a black man, you go to the barbershop like that. You, there's barbershops for uh, Asian people, barbershops for Afro hair. Afro hair don't... But you see, it's when got I, a mixed match. You see, I used to go... There was a black barbershop that I used to go to, like, from when I was about 5 to about 20, what, 21. But something something happened and then they just didn't cut his hair as good, right? Uh, but throughout that time there... There was always one white bar, there's always like one white bar, one white barber there. So, but there'd always be one. But yeah. So then, if you go to a white barber shop, is there always a black barber in there? No. Because we're the ones practicing tolerance. It's true. We're the true. ones trying to bring everybody in to our coolness. Yeah. Remember that boy? He was kind of cool. Yeah, that's it. I go to uh, the place I get my hair done right now is Errol Douglas, who's mm-hmm. a black, who's a black hair, uh, black hairdresser, and he's got. His, his, ones, his, his shop is is expensive, so I only get it done like once every six months or something like that, but it is it is worth it, mm. right? And he's got everyone working there, black people, Asian people, white people, yeah, literally. Yeah, because he understands every, money as Yes, well. he understands money, but he understands, you know, inclusion. Well, I'm speaking to someone who's never met Errol Douglas, but I'm thinking he understands inclusion. If, if, you, if you do a barbershop and you only collect to him, Asian people's money, you're missing out on all these other people who also like their haircut. Yeah. Who cuts their hair the most? It's probably black. It's true. Back then, they wanted zigzag patterns. I had, as, I had all that as well. I had a night tick in the back of my yeah. hair. Everything. You yeah. could have your hair in different stages. Like, yeah. It was 
our, our hair and our identity is a majorly big deal. Even if you go to rural areas of Africa, you'll see them doing their hair. Mm-hmm. It's a part of their identity. So yeah, Desmond's is major on so many, so many different levels. Plus, you could go to Mecca. Yeah. Go down there and have a look at the barbershop tours, and you know, it's a real place. So, does that make Peckham a bit of a tourist trap, or did it at some point make it a bit of a I tourist think, trap? I yeah, think back then it did. Um, I remember being in the car with my mum, and we could drive through Peckham Right, and my mum would always go, Look, that's where Desmond's is. And then one day it wasn't there like that anymore. Really? What is it now? I think they just changed the road somewhat, and it's not yeah. a barbershop coming out, it's just like regular shops or something. It's not the same. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of sad, actually. But you know what? It's good that we actually had that show, a show like that, even if it is unlikely to come round again. It's something that you can still show your kids or something that you can still that can still be appreciated in today's times because of the social issues that are coming up today. And unfortunately, I think history is sort of repeating itself with those kind of things. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I think what's unfortunate is... We haven't actually evolved past Desmond. No. Kind of went back. We did. And we went backwards. Uh, the, the, we'd be lucky to get back to that level of yeah. entertainment. It was on TV during that time. You had Asian TV. You had a whole Hollywood movie on BBC Two. You never mm. understood a word they said. Nope. And then what would happen is we put it on um, uh, subtitles. Yeah. So then we can read what's going. But they start singing and dancing all at the same time. So it's just. It was just a more inclusive time. Yeah. Which is weird because you've got more channels now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but because we've got BET, then it's fine. Mm. So if you were going to read, if you were going to do, say it's like the 90s, right? If you were going to do one more season, series of Desmond's, how would you do it? Well, I think that um, the Desmond's shop will have to be Barbara Stroke hairdresser shop. So a bit like Barbershop too? Yep, Barbershop, <laughs> hairdresser shop. Um, they should be... They should, they, should, they should still have a similar formula, the same types of people in the show, mm-hmm. but be able to visit um, subjects on a, in a more funnier way because we've gone past homosexuality and homophobia. So they could come into a shop and act like they've got a problem, but then it was yeah. going to show that they don't have a problem with yeah. it. Um, all the subjects they, they tackled, including street crime, knife crime, all that kind of stuff, they could still, they could tackle any subject, literally. Even yeah. the fact that different types of people can come into the shop to get their hair done. Mm. Be like a white person comes into the shop and everyone stops and looks at him. And that then they ha- go, sit down. Uh, do you know what, it, that, actually, like. that actually happened um, when I was getting my hair cut when I was about 15 years old. Mm. White guy just came in and kind of got the hair cut, the whole shop turned around and looked at him. And then they go, yeah, yeah, come sit down. Yeah. Tom Hanks' son. 
I was actually talking to someone about him the other like the other day mm. and like just you're Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson's son. Like, why are you acting like you're from Harlem? I decided he was Machine Gun Kelly's brother. Really? I Is think that... he might be. Why do you think? Because Machine Gun Kelly literally thinks he's black as well. Like, it's true. And he raps and he's like, yeah, yeah, but like, sometimes you just want to be so far away from your actual culture because your culture feels bland or yeah. empty or See, lacking flavor. But someone like Eminem. I can kind of understand it because he did grow up very poor. I think, I think we like seeing people do black stuff in my skin. Interesting, yeah, interesting. That's a really good point. That's an interesting point. What do you think? Continue. Only because as I was growing up, like we always could dance. We always could do the robot or whatever. But as soon as you saw a white person, oh, we always could whine and whatever. Yeah. As soon as you saw a white person, oh my god. Because when I was growing up, what they could do was jump up and down. There was no rhythm, there was no dance movements. Yeah. So once you saw them doing something that emulated what you could do, you were shocked because you didn't even think they had it in there. Mm. You know? So now we get gas when we see white people talking in patois, white people twerking, white people doing. I'm not going to lie, I don't get gas by it at all. How do you know they're taking the piss out of you? How do you know the difference? But I know because they actually love the culture. Yeah. You see, for me, it's like with with Eminem specifically, I think he sort of has the right to rap because he is. He did. He's from the background. He's yeah. He's from he's from Eight Mile. Like he's from. He's from the country. Yeah, I know, but he's talented. He's talented. That I can't take away from. Yeah. He can rap. They, they, they taught him, him, he had a group, forgotten the name. D12. They, they really showed him how to rap. Because no. as he was starting, yeah. he rapped about, is this like for black girls? I, yeah. I've heard it all on the tape. Yeah. But it was all to get him at a certain level of being able to clash and rap back. And then yeah. they turned him into a monster. Eminem was like the breakthrough white rapper yeah. who did what all the other rappers couldn't do before yeah. him. Snow and... Whoever else was uh, vanilla, ice. vanilla ice and do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we gave him the pass card and I hate him, that term. We have. I hate that term. We have. We've given him the pass card because ever since then, ever since then, Eminem has not been able to come back and do his usual Eminem stuff. Remember, he was comedically funny. Yeah. Um, with the slim shady. Then he was deep as well. Yeah. He could sing some stuff where you go, wow, man. But after a while, when you get too overly confident with your pass card, they snatch it from you, and then yeah. you've got to work to get it back again. Yeah. Up till today, no one can flash Eminem. He'll come for you and your mum without you sending. Mm. You know that that's where he has his edge. People are scared of the way he's good at verbally bringing people down in his bars. I think. That, yeah, give him props. I think there are some people that could that could bring him down. I think Jay Z could bring him down. Scarface can bring him down. Um, do I think Ice Cube can bring him down as well? Ice Cube is so underrated. Yeah, but you see those men, they're all maturing. And they don't look good clashing with people. You've got to look like a businessman. You've got to look like you're helping the youngers come up. It gives you a more a better look as a mature... That's why Wiley looks the way he does. Because yeah. you're going into your 40s. 
He's in his 40s, right? That's okay, it. so wouldn't it look better if, if he was... Because we know you came before Storms. So if you held yourself like a bigger man, then we would automatically see you as, oh, he was dead before Storms. Dead yeah. Dead. But because you're not seeing yourself as a bigger man, you're having to fight for something that is already... You've apparently already got... Yeah, I've seen, seen comedians do that. Comedians who've made it. Mm. And when they see new people like you come along and they get upset. Mm. But instead of competing with the newest person, because the newest person's going to hear that you've been doing comedy for 20 years, they're going to look at you like, no, yeah. you know the drill fan. Yeah. But so if you're doing it 20 years, you're competing with someone that just started two years, Yeah. you're not standing up in your power. That's like it. You're lowering yourself to a new comedian's level. Remember, they're on their journey and they just started. You should be like this. I can signpost you. Mm. So that we can respect you, but instead they want to compete. See, I'm I've been quite lucky in that I've never I've not come across that yet. Everyone that I've either had on here or like met on the circuit who's a pro comedian, a pro comedian, has been quite pretty receptive, mm. which is quite nice to see. But I am not I'm not blind or stupid. I yeah. can. I know watch, that it's out there. Watch when every time you hit the stage, the audience is having a fit and they're slapping each other with laughter and people trying to repeat your jokes to, like as if it's their own. Yeah. Thing. And someone who used to have that sort of spot hears about it and mm. then they meet you and then they're like, you're right. Yeah. You can tell they're like, they feel. Yeah, a bit like, yeah, hi, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to suss you out. They want to figure out what it is that's got you in that position. Yeah. It's competitive no matter what we do. Mate, in the, in the, in the, in the same industry, it's competitive. I don't compete though. I'm not no. good with competition. I try not to. It's, it's, hard not, it's hard not to get jealous, but mm. when you see someone who's you sort of came up with get a bit further ahead, but it, I'm learning to humble myself. It's just like, okay, they're on that journey. I can be going somewhere else. I think... What I try to do, I try to, when people feel competitive with me, I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to compete. I just want to feel free to be myself. Yeah. So I try to carve my own lane. Yeah. Which is still hard to do. It's almost like you got to give yourself permission to be good. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody thinks of you. Yeah. Just be good and get in your own world and get in, in your own bubble and then then you don't care what other people are doing. But I try to find my own lane. Yeah. There's an insular joke of black people, joking about black people things, mm. food, da, 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 and it, you end up, most of you be saying similar type of yeah. premises for your yeah. jokes. So I try to find ways to report the news in my own way, mm. um, talk about subjects in my own way. I do lots of different accents, so now yeah. I can say, oh, I'm doing Patois, <laughs> no, I do Patois, I do Birmingham, Bristol, Manchester, I don't care, as long as it's funny, I'm going to say that stuff. And stand in your own sense of self, don't compare yourself to nobody. No. Um, I seldom do I get jealous, I actually feel happy, but just, just not, I thought it was going to be like fame. You're too young to know that. No. What, you, what, you mean the 1980 film or the, or the TV show that came after it? Or the 2009 remake? No, you know, know. Yeah, they did a remake. How dare they? <laughs> I know. But I thought coming to comedy would be like, fame. And you meet all the other misfits and you're opening up, oh my god, they're misfits, but we fit together. Hey, let's do some shows today. I feel like, no, it's not. People see you and get mad. That's I've it. had people see me and be like, well, why are you doing comedy? Because I want to. Yeah. Like, why are you going to do some modelling or something else? Because, um, just because you see it, yeah. I mean, the world no, is Exactly, it. Yeah. exactly. So, 
where to wrap it up where can people find you um, I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm on Snapchat um, I'm going to be doing some shows in February for Valentine's nice. I've got Mother's Day shows coming up as well um, I'm going to lay low a bit because like, my mum passed up I might figure yeah. out where I'm going to go Ghana yeah um, I've got land and property over there so oh, I want to find out what um, their comedy scene might be like yeah because Kevin J, who's a white comedian, yeah. goes to Ghana and Nigeria to do comedy. Really? So if they can hear and understand what Kevin J's got to say, they got to understand what I've got to say. Exactly. My other thing is that all the men in comedy, they really, the bond, the bro code is so tight. Yeah. I don't, I'm not seeing no... In feet, well, the women, the women, yeah. If I, when I'm around the men, too much people think I'm a ladder or yeah. they become gay or whatever blood on mind. But it would be nice to be around a bunch of women because women do we do get each other. I've done funny women. I know women are hilarious. Is that outside the asthma or is that weird? Um well funny who, women. Yeah, who runs who does funny women? Oh I think there's a, a small group of them and I can't remember their names. Um but funny women is major. Yeah. It's pretty major. I was very gassed when I got to do it. Um, I would like to see more shows that are different. Yeah. I want to see a different formula. Yeah. Um, I think that stage shows, you know, the lyric theatre and places like that, mm-hmm. you don't just have to have comedian, next comedian, next com- The space is big enough where you can have a comedian, you can have a small sketch, mm-hmm. you can have another comedian, you can have a dance group. You have yeah. There's so many different ways of doing it. And, um, the, the Lucian Theatre has a backdrop where if you're into computers, you can have a backdrop that could be interactive with the audience. Do you understand? Nice, yeah. I've actually, I actually, there's a friend of a, well, someone I know on the circuit who I'm friendly, who I'm friendly with, um, who actually uses the computer, like the backdrop that kind of stuff in his set. So I'm going to message him about that actually see if he's done anything there see what I'm I think there's games to be played um, the ultimate show I think is the one that makes the audience feel like they're the wow yeah, yeah that's it yeah that's well, what I'd like to have I'd like to do a show that makes the audience feel special no it's been wonderful having you on man it's been great talking to you thank you I appreciate you <laughs>